Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? Cause there is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Cause if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. Just don't get all stressed about it, cause everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your life vest and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time and hopefully offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, the Surf Continuum. And, uh, well, so today I feel like I'm kind of getting a little break um, because all I got to do is record this little intro and tell you about this pretty cool show I got to be on with Tyler Brewer and Ben Pomeroy, um, their podcast, Swell Season Radio. Uh, So go check it out. It's a pretty cool show. They talk with surfers, uh, kind of across the board topics, uh, ocean health to performance and podcasting with other podcasters like, you know, you name it, Under the Sun uh, surf topic umbrella. But uh, yeah, so it was cool. Um, so I'm just going to play it back for you this week. Uh, it was kind of a fun experience for me because it was a live recording. So there was no like going back and, and editing, you know, the things I said or what Coach Ev said. And every once in a while we say something really, really stupid and it's all good because <laughs> I just go back and delete it. So that was kind of on my mind. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was awesome. Uh, the topic was what is the best method for teaching surfing and should history be part of the curriculum? So, uh, yeah, feel free to let me know how much I cooked it, (laughs) what funny things I said or, or little misquotes or, you know, who knows. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear it. (laughs) Here it goes. Well, uh, Ben, Let's get to Let's our do it. I'm awesome for guest this here. Really psyched. He's traveled all this way from out east in Montauk to get here. Sat and got off. The Thank traffic. you for that. That can be uh, like a two and hour, two hour forty five minutes, or they could be like five hours, depending on the day. How was it for you today? Uh, I was more on the five hour end of things. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for coming. No, right on, right on. Happy to do it. So I'm going to give you the nice formal intro here. Um, so our guest. Christopher Lotiao, born in Long Island, introduced to the ocean by his father through sailing. His father's passion for sailing and the ocean was quite obvious and incredibly contagious. This, the first 12 years of Chris's life, he shared passion and motivate, his shared passions and motivations were completely centered around sailing and being near the sea. Passion for the ocean led him to discover surfing on his own at age 11. He grew as a Grom during the Lido Surf and Sport Age of Surfing in New York. That's right. You know, I got my first surfboard. I know, I know. I've I've been doing my research. I've been doing my research. Chill. You know, and uh, which which I was around that time as well. So it was a good time period to be a surfer. And then uh, eventually he moved out to Montauk, where he had started teaching surfing in his twenties. He went on to start a clothing line, Live in Color. And eventually started his own surf coaching and education program in 2017, the Surf Continuum, a surf training and education program for adults who want to learn how to surf independently. 
He is also the host of the KookCast podcast, where Chris sits down with surfers of all types to listen to their kookiest moments while learning to surf. I got a bunch of kooky moments, and I can surf. <laughs> <laughs> and, and our topic for this episode is, what is the best approach to teaching surfing, and should surf history be part of the curriculum? So, Chris, welcome to Swell Season. Super psyched to have you on. We've been really enjoying your podcast. And you know what I really love? I love the Surf Continuum Instagram. Like your surfing is so beautiful and smooth. Like you got a really nice style. And I love like how you integrate your surfing into lessons. And I think it's really cool and really fun to watch and really good. So yeah. Thanks so much. That means a lot. Um, You know, I just kind of realized that surfing well for us kind of regular people is just about the basics yeah you know like do the basic stuff really well and it irons out all of your surfing yeah so kind of realizing that i was like oh man that's what i should teach (laughs) you know like never mind how you ride the wave that's everyone's own journey yeah you know whether you just want to stand there in the pocket or start working on some maneuvers going vertical you know the lines you draw are endless on the wave but what you need to do to get the wave is pretty straightforward you know and that's really what everybody wants without realizing it you know they want to learn to get those waves so you can surf more ride more waves. yeah and the, and the thing is there there are certain fundamentals that i think are really important when you are learning to surf and if you skip certain uh fundamentals like it could actually it makes you have an uglier style and your surfing is not as functional and you you know you may be able to do maneuver you may be able to do a chop hop air or something like that but you can't do a cutback that looks good it's like yeah it's all for not i feel like you really want functional surfing and you want to have intentional surfing like when you you want to know what you're doing and why it works or why it didn't work. Yeah. You know, and be able to reflect back on that and say to yourself, okay, I didn't do this or I did do this. And that's why this happened as opposed to just having this kind of, just give it a shot. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you're like, huh, I wonder why I caught five good waves, you know, or (laughs) why five of them didn't work out. So to be able to, to come out of your sessions, knowing why things went the way they did, is just kind of what I aim to to bring to people surfing. And, and I think that that's what I'm sort of envious of some of the uh, people who are learning to surf in in through schools or the container of like a lesson with a didactic and feedback. Uh, I don't know about you, but like I mean, I surf. I learned how to surf as a as a teen, and it was sort of like mimicking the elders out in the water and trial and error. And there was some upside to that, and that it was sort of like you had to figure it out, and you mm-hmm. le- you got your lumps. And you got yelled at by the older guys and you sort of observed and you figured it out. But there was like, like maybe you get a few words of advice if someone was like nice and kind to you and then you just figure it out on your own. But there's a whole generation of new surfers who are getting specific feedback or getting these lesson plans. And they're probably learning, their learning curve is a lot, you know. It's a lot faster. A lot faster. Absolutely. Of course it is. And look at when the time period that we grew up surfing everyone was on potato chips yeah right <laughs> like yes. and like you even if you were learning you were on one of those you weren't getting that many waves right. your your learning curve was slow oh my and, gosh yeah you know and now everyone's on just short beefy wide mm. floaty yep. boards that mm. also make it super easy to to catch and ride waves it's yeah it's pretty unreal to to see like 
to see that difference. Yeah, well, I, you know what I really feel like is that surfing and surf education is actually very un, underdeveloped. Absolutely. You know, very much so. There's no curriculum. There's no method. There's no way to learn how to surf. You know, you just have a bunch of surfers who, well, they're great surfers. Nothing, mm-hmm. I'm not taking anything away from them. But uh, we all know that when somebody comes to get a surf lesson, they want to ride a wave. Yeah. You know, and they want to do it today. Yeah. You know, and, and people don't really give enough credit to how difficult surfing is that you really don't get to do that right away. Yeah. Not at least legitimately. You know, so so what I'm getting at is just that I want to be the one. I want to come along and say, all right, here's the method. Here's what you need to do first. You yeah. know, kind of like the karate kid. Totally. You know? Totally. Like, he wanted to learn karate. He wants to like go after this guy that's bullying him and he finds this like epic dude to teach him and the guy has him sanding the deck and waxing the cars and he has no idea why but later (laughs) on he comes to realize that these were movements these were things that were going to come into a major play into you know being a good karate master or whatever and so i kind of feel like i'm on that path of discovering the 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 secret subtle things they're not even secret they're so obvious and so simple that you kind of overlook them and you're like yeah 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 i know how to paddle but do you do really? You? Yeah. You know, because even I've been surfing for over 20 years and I still kind of question my paddling technique. And I still am like, can I do this a little better? Can I make this a little easier on myself? I really, I paddled kind of hard for that last wave. It shouldn't have been that hard, you know? And I, that's the stuff. That's the secret stuff. The, the very obvious, not so secret stuff that will make your surfing so much better. Well, with the paddling, many of us don't know we're paddling wrong until we're like in our 40s and have to get a new rotator right. cuff That's or right. something, you so, know? So <laughs> while we're on paddling, what is like a common like mistake that even experienced surfers are doing in their paddling technique? Form. Yeah. yeah. It's your form. So even experienced surfers... Explain well, like, it, yeah. Yeah, so experienced surfers... So my, my, I have, you know, you said the word yeah. fundamentals. I call it... Like I'm branding that. That's Great. really what it is. They are the fundamentals, and it's your paddling technique, your, your board control skills, and I mean the simple ones, like how yeah. you turn your board to catch a wave, and you know, and your dismount and stuff like that, and your stand-up technique. Yeah. Um, so back to paddling, you know, I think everybody figures out that position's gotta be right. You can't be too far forward, you can't be too far back, and then after maybe five or 10 years, you realize that you can really get that dialed in mm-hmm. perfectly. But what a lot of people, and even some of my friends I notice, you know, when I'm surfing, and now of course paying so much more attention, to their paddling technique um, is is the form, you know, yeah. and it's it, you know it starts right here in your core. Mm-hmm. You got to have your core engaged. It's got to be locked into the board. And and I, I tell I tend to tell the guys this because they tend to be more gearheads or yes. engine people. But if you have an engine in your car that's not properly mounted, it's going to rattle. Exactly. And if that engine is rattling in the engine, you're you're losing energy. So it's the same thing on your surfboard. If you're not planting your core, which is your engine straight onto the body which is your board your, your car you know your car mm-hmm. you're losing energy right there and so you do that by keeping your legs together and elevated chest elevated and head mm-hmm. up and these things don't have to definitely be there there's a way to engage your core and also not do those things yeah. but for beginners no you, you got to keep your chest up your legs together and lifted and that's how you learn how to keep your core like tight consolidated and centered I once read Brad Gerlach gave gave some advice to tighten your butt cheeks too. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, essentially like your core and legs, butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Lifting and keeping your legs together is what does that. But the legs thing is huge. I see everybody kind of, even Spread if it's just leg. subtly, yeah, yeah, using their legs drag as like outriggers. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and not only is it drag, which is definitely drag, 
but it's also just spreading out your core. You're exactly. just kind of letting it spill like a runny egg across the top of your board rather than tightening it up and bringing it and consolidating it. Plus, it's not good for the flotation of the board, right? You, right yeah. If you're hanging off the sides and the rails, you're dragging the rails too, and you mm-hmm. want the board to be sitting up. Yeah, yeah. And like, and of course, uh, I hear you say, like it's really important to breathe in, actually mm-hmm. hold your breath almost when you're paddling because you, you're more buoyant. You actually float out of the water a little bit more. Right, I remember right. reading that in like an old letters to the editor and surfer and someone's mm, like i used I, to love yeah this. you know and they were like i just found that if i hold my breath i'm floating better and i'm catching more waves <laughs> it'll be my last session but I <laughs> so chris i want to like i want to dive a little bit first into um some of your your grommet life you know okay. you 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 grew up surfing kind of the stretch of like central long island mm-hmm. uh hemlock skilgo long beach kind of similar parallel places that I kind of grew up surfing as well. Uh, some other spots maybe that we can't talk about, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you spent a lot of, you know, you spent a bit of your grommet hood, like Lido surfing sport, as we said, with like the great John Zader and Tom McGinnis, one of the, one of East coast eighties pros from New York, shout out there. Uh, but like, what was your grommet hood? Like, like where, where uh, did you grow up? Actually? I had a, such a fortunate childhood. Um, you know, like obviously, if you want to be a surfer, you gotta just pursue it so religiously, yeah. so obsessively. Especially here in New York, and especially Long Island. here. You know, <laughs> so uh, and and I say I'm fortunate because you know, as a as a Grom, you can't. Well, on Long Island, we have those barrier islands that yeah. separate us from the ocean, especially on Central. You know, in the Central and island. a car, <laughs> right? So you need a car. And I lived in Amityville, and that was a perfect split between the Robert Moses Bridge. Yeah. And the, what do you call that bridge? The, the Loop Bridge? Uh, the, the, the Meadowbrook. The Meadowbrook, Meadowbrook bridge, Parkway. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it was. Loop, you know. Loop Parkway. Loop Parkway, yeah. So either way, I had like a drive and then you had to just backtrack over to your spot. Once you got to the barrier, it was painful. So I was so fortunate because I had a good friend, Graham Michaelberg and, and my crew, Matt Wonderlich. We would... We got in his boat. His dad put a governor on the boat. We figured nice. out how to take the thing off. You know, we just floored <laughs> across the bay. We'd be across in five minutes, you know, oh. 10 to, no, not, maybe not 10, but like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. You know, bef- wow. long before you can drive a car, going to the beach every day. You, you, you were allowed to, though. I yeah, remember taking allowed. my no, stepdad's we boat out around yeah. 12, 13 and being like, sweet. Yeah. Fully alive. I mean, we got, we got in a little bit of trouble when his dad caught us doing like, donuts or whatever the equivalent is in a boat in the middle of the bay full speed you know as you do as a kid you gotta test the limits come on (laughs) and what a good guy he i mean he never held it against us he let us go back and i I owe a lot to that guy mr eichelberg if you're out there (laughs) thanks for the boat yeah thanks thanks for the boat and all the the joyride (laughs) it's epic yeah so so that's what, like you grew up kind of Amityville and then hitting all central Long Island all mostly. Central. Chasing sand. You know yeah, how it is. Like yeah. you have your name spots, but the sand wasn't always it's in those always spots. Moved. So, you know, we kind of check out this cove, check out that cove, walk up the beach, walk down the beach. And as you know, over there, syndrome gets you looking everywhere. You know, it looks like it's better over there. It looks like it's better over there. And mm. one day you actually do find a way that's better. So uh, it just taught me early how to like chase swell, you know, and not just go to your one name brand spot and keep surfing the same wave over and over. Uh, And And your dad was like really into sailing. Yeah, that was the other part of it. So up until about 10 or 11, I was just going with him. We'd go to the Mm. Meadowbrook Parkway across and he kept his Hobie Cats like in Point Lookout Inlet. Nice. And so we'd launch right out of there and be in the ocean in, you know, no time. 
so that's how I was just in the ocean all the time and 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 slowly but surely after I got that first surfboard from Lido Surf and Sport yeah rest in peace I know um man that broke my heart when they shut Tom McGinnis man ripped off John Zader that's just hearsay though is it oh really I don't I don't know any of the background Tom McGinnis just kind of disappeared all of a sudden that's all I'm saying really this is unverified this is unverified and and purely hearsay and rumor but yeah that's what I remember so anyway, he uh, so my dad would go sailing and, and I had that board. So I'd start poking around the inlet, just walk around, you know, and, and that was my that was my very first rides to the beach. Nice. I just throw my board in the rig. If there were waves, I'd surf. If there wasn't, I'd hop on the boat and keep sailing with my dad until I, you know, linked up with Graham and Matt and started, you know, getting our own ride across the bay. Was there was there one person who taught you in the very beginning or was it also uh, learning learning no, on your no own? No one person. I had a major influence. I got to shout out this guy, yeah. Mike Ederskew. Major influence. This guy, like, you know, when every teenager's going through their rough times and you're, you're like figuring out if you want to be one of the bad kids or yeah. one of the good kids or, or sometimes, you know, like just mm-hmm. figuring out where you're going to be. Um, this guy was such a steady rock for me and he'd pick me up to go surfing nice out of his way like he'd Aww. come backtrack to get That's me awesome. remake up ground across the bridge then drop me off all this stuff and I got to surf so much more because of that guy uh, so between him my dad these two guys you know Matt and Graham I, I got to do plenty of surfing in my teen years and that's why I'm super like grateful and I maintain that attitude you know as much as possible and like oh your dad rode Hobie Cats especially oh, yeah. it wasn't just like yeah, it was a, so oh, like, like a, a very active sailing. Sailing. yeah <laughs> your dad grew up like around uh, Amityville no, as well no my dad's or? French oh he is yeah he's from oh, France God. that's part of why he's so crazy and he's still sailing <laughs> I love that I was gonna say he's like my dad used to be the Hobie Cat dealer oh, in, yeah? in New York you know oh, and no like way. I was like I wonder if my dad sold your dad a Hobie Cat you no, know no 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 <laughs> my dad picked up boats <laughs> off the side of people's yards nice. and stuff He'd see it sitting on the side of the yard. He'd go knock on the door and be like, hey, uh, I've seen that boat there for a while. You, you guys use it? That's awesome. Can I take it? <laughs> yeah, he, he's resourceful. He, he made sure he always had a boat. Now, that I imagine the lessons you learned uh, through doing sailing has influenced how you, you teach surfing even and the conditions. Like, what, what, what is that? Do you, do you find yourself, as you're older and teaching more, you're like drawing more on that experience? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's more subtle, you know, it's not like a, a very yeah. obvious, like, this is what I remember from being taught when mm-hmm. I was sailing. So this has to, but it's just a more, it's more of a sensitivity to the, you know, the elements and to the way water moves. You know, you can point your boat across the bay and, and just stare down that tree or point or whatever it is you're mm-hmm. aiming at. And then as you get closer and closer, realize that you have to go closer and closer to the wind and, and more and more and tighten the sails. And, mm-hmm. and you're like, why would that be happening? I'm drawing a straight line to that point. Well, that's because the tide's pulling you sideways or something. Those kinds of mm-hmm. things, you know, just for example, um, help me to be more sensitive to the fact that it's not just what you see, but you also have to feel and, and pay attention to positioning. And I mean, yeah, it's yeah. endless, but very subtle things, you know, um, just how you have to interact with the elements. Go for it. Yeah, when you set up the how you the fundamentals, you kept saying I want. Uh, you said I want to brand that fundamentals. Wh- what it's one thing to like know, to surf, even like to talk among your friends about how you love to surf and maybe what this sort of insight. But it's another thing to sort of communicate that well to a student. Was there when did that switch go from I love surfing and I want to share this to I have a capacity to teach and also to communicate it, package it in a way that 
is receivable because that's not so easy. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky that, well, my mother's a great teacher. Okay. Um, she taught CPR. She still teaches in the health system. She's just a teacher and she's always had a really great knack for like keeping her cool, you know, like not getting all frazzled mm-hmm. trying to explain something and just really, and I just kind of took note of that, you know, without even consciously taking note of it. Uh, but then I went to school for education. You know, there I went we to college and, and you know, mm. I was, was going to be a teacher, elementary. Uh, I also majored in psychology. So I was pretty sure that's what I was going to do until I started student teaching. And I, I didn't get to teach the way I wanted to. And it was basically just following their curriculum and, and, and doing what they wanted me to do. And I was just so turned off by that. But I was so already committed to this path, mm. you know, that I was like, well, I'm not going to stay in school longer. You know, I'm finishing this up. I'm going to take my degree and figure it out after. And, uh, and I had been doing kind of surf lessons here and there and, and being a little bit like uh, unhappy with the way surfing was being taught, you know, because I felt kind of like this is my thing. I put mm-hmm. so much time and effort into this. It's sacred to me. I don't want to just like give it away so yeah. easily. I want to teach people who really appreciate how valuable it is. But to get back to your question, oh, sorry to digress. No, um, it's it, yeah. It was in college. It was like when I was teaching and learning how there is a way to teach. There's a way to de- deliver knowledge, you know. And you have to sit down and think about it, basically. And you have to go back to the building blocks, and you have to take a, something that you think is the basics and see if you can break it down more. Is there even smaller units to it? You know, don't just look at a human and think, oh, right, that's a human. Right. No, that's a person made up of multiple organs. But those organs are made up of tissue and that tissue is made up of cells. So everything can be like broken down and essentially that human is just a bunch of cells. And so for me, surfing is I'm trying to discover what all of those cellular level bring it up. Right. The cellular cellular level, because if you can understand that, then you can build the tissue. Yeah. And then you can take that tissue and build organs and then you have a functioning body. Interesting. So. All right. Mickey Munoz once asked, was asked like how he would, like the ideal way to teach someone to surf. Mm-hmm. And this is paraphrasing. Uh, he'd, he'd first have uh, the student roll around in the sand and let the breaking shore break waves roll them into the water and then body surf for the first session. Mm-hmm. That way they get the feel of the rhythm of the ocean, get comfortable in the water. What do you do to get your students comfortable in, in the water? Because that to me is the ultimate basic right like that's the ultimate foundation is comfort level Mm -hmm. and being in tune with the with the the ocean yeah right totally i 100 percent agree with that and you know listeners of my podcast will know we've said it multiple times if you really want to learn how to surf Mm -hmm. well ideally you start when you're a kid on in body surfing yeah just playing in the water and then you graduate to a boogie board and you start learning how to set your rail yeah. and you know, take off down the line and realize that the wave is, is more dimensional than just straight in towards the beach and build from there. You know? um, so I 100% agree with Mickey Munoz on that. Um, you know, now that being said, yeah. now you're dealing with people who are coming out and you know, they're, they're signing on with me for 10 or five classes and they're different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the hardest part is, is re readjusting realigning their perception or their expectation of surfing yeah you know and and basically delivering that idea to them that it's not just about riding the wave that you have to understand how to be in the ocean and safely too because a lot of other people want to learn how to surf too so if we all get in the ocean together without any kind if we're all just going to go out there and try and catch waves it's going to be a mess 
So there's a, coming back to the fundamentals. You yeah. got to learn the fundamentals and, and how I introduce them depends on the person's fear. That's where I have to like read them. And I have some people who are super timid and I yeah. actually very much appreciate, yeah. you know, I love that because I love walking with them through the journey of being comfortable in the ocean and mm -hmm. seeing how learning these skills gives you more confidence. But then there's other people who are super confident and they'll do exactly what I say and they'll get really good really fast. So to answer your question, it, it either starts in the bay. I have some people who I literally, we don't even go to the ocean. We go by ourselves to the bay. I have them doing sitting turns, prone turns, perfect paddling technique. I start to combine them because that's what the surf continuum yeah. is all about. It's just about combining the fundamentals into this seamless, fluid, cyclical sequence of skills. Yeah. That's really all you're doing. You're paddling, sitting and turning, paddling for the waves, dismounting, sitting back down. You know, it's all the same stuff over yeah. and over. And uh, yeah, and I just, I basically, I just try to, figure out where the person's at with their fear and then go from there. But it all starts with the fundamentals. And I really don't even think about catching waves with them wow. until they are like showing strong right. proficiency, totally. basic proficiency in, you know, those things. It Do seems you, like, like surfing is such a, um, a very exciting, but foreign thing to many people when they say, I want to get into surfing, but it's, it's also sort of loaded because it like maybe what they saw of surfing is like, a big wave off the North shore of Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah. jump into that. So you sort of have to like bring it down. Like, okay, we're going to start at like just paddling around and build it from there mm -hmm. and like, and ease them in. So it's like you have, uh, I'm sure there are people who are like, who are totally game and can, and can drive, but have you had people come in and sort of panic along the way? And then you sort of segue them and regain their focus and yeah yeah the uh I'm, I'm so aware of that you know i try to be very sensitive to fear uh, and and people like on the edge of panicking um because it can really be a downward spiral and it can be the last time you ever surf if you have a bad yeah. experience yeah you know if you have a bad wipeout or you're already nervous about it forget it you have a bad experience you're over it you know it's you're already in a foreign environment in the waves now you have a surfboard like flopping around, you know and that's why i surf where all the surf schools i try to just scare all the beginners out of there so <laughs> so the water won't be as crowded no i'm just kidding <laughs> no i like it um yeah yeah you know but again i i definitely try to be so mindful at and i stay on the fringes of the lineup if, if it's someone who's timid but they're ready but they're timid yeah. So we stay on the fringes. We'll, we'll do our, I have sequences and drills we do, nice. you know, and I'll simulate going for a wave and it's a wave we definitely won't be able to catch. And I'll make that clear to them. You know, like this, we're in the channel, that wave will not break, but let's pretend like it will. And you're going to catch it and we'll do our little sequence. We'll do our paddling technique into a sitting turn, set up the wave, go for the wave and even practice a stop going for the wave. Like as if someone's coming mm -hmm. down the line and you have to respect their right of way, you know, and we'll do that a thousand times. A thousand times until muscle I trick memory. Them. Oh and, yeah, and there's a wave coming that they are gonna catch. You know, and I, <laughs> I have to do everything nice. over the same. You know, yeah. the same way. Everything's the same, and just as the waves get into them, lifting, I'm like, hey, I think you're gonna catch this wave. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, with with I try to do it with good, you know, discretion and who's ready for that that surprise. Um, but it works, you know, and, and, and it, it just tricks you into realizing it's actually not that hard yeah. if you focus on those simple fundamental aspects. It's, it's all basic and, and the wave doesn't have to overwhelm you or scare you or make you feel like you don't have a lot of time when you can do this, this simple stuff so, so smoothly and, and easily. And then the cocky students, you just push into really gnarly waves. Oh, uh, yeah, but them, I right? never, never, never <laughs> push people into waves. No, you know what I mean. Like no, push, okay. push, but encourage, just, yeah, yeah. encourage. Yeah, that's, that is. 
that's one thing I was reading about you. Uh, like, uh, you're, you're, you're friendly with Dion with the Canadas Surf Club mm-hmm, and all that. Very like, much he, so. he wrote a really nice blog post about you oh, did? Uh, a few years ago. And he was like, we met up with this guy and, and he agrees with our type of uh, philosophy and all mm-hmm. that. And yeah, I know he doesn't really do that either. Doesn't do any pushing or Strictly. any. Yeah. Strictly, like not it's, even, yeah, and I really, he's actually the one that fully inspired me because I was already getting there on my own. Yeah. Like I was doing surf lessons where we push people into waves and just, you know, give them that satisfaction. Yeah. I call it surf amusement now. Yes. It's really not surf lessons, you know. It's good. Because, you know, learning how to surf is learning how to catch waves. Yeah. Anybody can stand up. Come yes. On. Anybody especially can Especially if you're up. pushed in yeah. on a 9 And especially nine, if the board's huge. Board. Yeah. Never mind. That's not, there's nothing to applaud there. What I applaud is when people dismount or catch their own wave or yeah. the other stuff that make you actually a progressing surfer. Uh, anyway, though, but one time I had met, the first time I met Dion, we were talking about surfing. We were talking yeah. about teaching and this and that. And I was right on that like time where I was starting to be like, yeah, you know, I think pushing's not cool, but we're not good. It's not helping yeah. people. We're not teaching anybody anything like this. But I still was like, you know, if they do everything right, if they do their turn good, they set it up right, they go to good paddling position and hold good form, do everything right, but they're just behind the mark. I would, I at the time was like, you know, a little nudge, yeah. not even a push. Yeah. Just I kind of catch the wave inch. and grab their tail. Yeah, yeah totally. Right? Just a little. Whew. And Dion was like, no, never. No, no, no. And I, we, you know, we didn't really fight about it. We just kind of debated. Yeah. And so we, I left that night going home thinking about it a lot. And I was like, you know what? He's right. But like a pushback, I think there we, we may have had uh, other instructors on this show who, who, who maybe do push is that maybe the goal initially is for the student to feel what it's like to ride a wave, to yeah, have that's fun. That's the biggest argument. I right. Have. And yeah. then <laughs> from there, it's like, well, then it's their journey to figure out how to do it themselves. But if it's going to be the school's job to get them into surfing as a sport, as a practice, then a, just pushing them into the wave might be a good thing. Yeah. Hey, listen, I'm, I, you know, I have a lot of friends who still teach and, and, and do that style thing. I have nothing against it. You know, like that's what they do. I just personally had a passion for something yeah. else. I started seeing a, like a niche of people who really wanted to learn how to surf learn properly yeah and really and and earn it and earn that because how good does it feel when you catch your first wave i feel i don't know if i feel better or they do when they we go through that struggles we have sessions where we don't catch waves you know and that's tough that's tough to be like hey time's up you know and we didn't catch a wave and so i have to remind myself it's not about just riding the wave it's about learning to get there on your own and man it hurts in those moments and it's tough but when they do it when they come back and it all like accumulates to that moment of catching a wave it's the most victorious feeling it's the most like yeah you want to jump up and down and hug them <laughs> you know uh, that's great well it's like <laughs> in martial arts you're gonna get your ass kicked for for pretty much like the first year or two at the very least sure. before you're really proficiently tossing someone or something so yeah like you got ain't no pain without get, you know ain't no gain without pain you yeah. know yeah now do you like I used to do surf lessons for my family shop and all that and and for a while I was really inspired to be like Chandler from North Shore <laughs> and be like no questions and be like we appear to be watching the ocean <laughs> yes 
what do you see? You know, like I would totally get into that like Zen kind of guru and I would make my students like sit on the beach and I'd just sit there and be like, what are we watching for? Mm-hmm. What are we looking, you know? And like, it, to me, that is definitely like the idealized way to teach someone to surf, like the Rick Kane Chandler method <laughs> in some ways, I you agree. know, Hell like, yeah. like it's like learn how to surf on a board with no fin then progressively work your way down on the board and get your fundamentals and really understand everything. And that's always been like how I've, I've viewed how surfing should be taught. And I, I almost actually think surfing should be treated more like a martial art mm-hmm. uh, in, in how it's taught as yeah, opposed yeah. to uh, this entertainment. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, 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 it's frustrating to see, you know, people just go out and get pushed into waves. And it's fun. Like, you're psyched for them on one hand. But it's also like, oh, you're missing out on such a cool yeah, part of it. you're not getting it. You're yeah. not getting how good this really can be. Well, I think that this is, like, a bit of the, what the expectation of, a, like, a class format. And maybe you speak to, like, your process here. But when it's... You, a, a school is providing a service and they want to essentially establish like what you're going to leave here with the following experience. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes that exp- again, like pushing someone into a wave, it's like, we want them to have fun. So they have a good memory of this. Um, but it's different than like that, that person may, I don't know about your students, but it could be that that person does that surf class with a group of friends on a Saturday because that's what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Be, and they could have easily have gone like biking or rock climbing. And next week they might do that. But they were just doing a surf class that day. And so cool. Like I don't like great. They had a great afternoon. But it takes years, decades. I'm still learning how to surf. I've been doing it for 25 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like it, I think maybe there's a, a – a trick or a, a challenge in the what it, what an hour long lesson can give someone if they don't plan on coming back. Maybe your surfers right. commit to a week or I don't, I don't know. No, no, you're you're right on the money there. I mean, you know, every every business has their their model and and what you can expect as a customer of that business. Um, and so that's just what it is. You know, you find the school that's suited to to what you want. And, and that's why I just try to make it abundantly clear what I'm looking for, which means I turn down a lot of people, you know, and I, I send them off to somebody else with, you know, with good, good vibes and everything. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, I'm looking for people who really want to, who invest themselves into surfing and to really learn. And, and it's not that I want them to only surf with me every single time they surf. I'd rather, you know, the, the ideal way is how I do it with most of my students is, you know, you check in with me. Maybe yeah. once a week, you know, maybe twice, uh, twice a month. Um, but I'm, I'm constantly encouraging them to go surfing on their own or with me, whatever it is, you have mm. to surf. I mean, that's the real, that's the key to just keep going and doing it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's just about what, you know, the message you're, de- you're delivering. Are you going to stand up on the first day? You know, then that might be the school you want. Uh, if you want to learn how to surf on your own and be able to go on trips and travel right. with your friends and go do things on your own then I'm the guy you want. Um, and, and I just want to do that because I don't want to, I don't want to start competing necessarily with people for business. You know, I think there's plenty of people out there, but it's time for us to start finding new avenues yeah. of, of educating people how to surf and be in the lineup. And this is just my passion. This is just what I feel pulled towards, you know, and how I want to teach. Now, do you, do you teach any 
surf history or culture or, or assign That's a great reading, readings yeah, when of you, sorts? When you, no, I don't, to answer your question quickly. Um, but when you presented the topic to me, you know, I was like, wow, that is so interesting because history is a part of any education. Yeah. History is a part of anything that you want to learn. And never mind if, it, if it's enforced or not. If you really care about something, you also you care dive about history. into it. Yeah, yeah. you want you, you saturate your mind with it. You don't just go surf at night. You go watch YouTube videos, exactly. and you read articles, and you surf, and you find out Matt Warshaw wrote the encyclopedia, exactly. and you dive in, and you just and that's actually a big inspiration for me with what the Kootcast is because I yeah. get to speak to guys like Tony Caramanico exactly. and Reno Abalera, oh, and fucker. these guys are so keeping, rad. You got oh, Reno. Oh, that was <laughs> no. Dude, we should talk about he's that. crazy. That was epic. <laughs> he is crazy. He is out there, <laughs> but he's actually for a crazy guy. He's pretty eloquent. Oh yeah. He's well. He's well spoken, and he's got good things to say. Absolutely. And I, I cut out like an hour of content I off can't. that episode, <laughs> but there is good stuff in there. And, and I just really loved getting a piece of surf history yeah. that I didn't find in any article. He even said so. You know, like, oh, I've never told anybody this before, you know? And, and, and that for me was so special to get a little piece of, of surf history in my books, like my own textbook yeah. of surf history. Anyway, though, when you had said that about the question, our topic, uh, you know, yeah. was for uh, like including surf history in education, I was like, of course it should be. It, I should have assigned readings. I should have podcasts yes. you have to listen to. And it, like come back and tell, you know. And, and movies, required movies right, you have to yeah. watch. You have to watch Endless Summer. You have to watch Big you Wednesday. Watch you have to watch Endless North Summer. Shore. You have to watch Point Break. Yeah. You have to watch right. Surfers the Movie. You know, it's like there's, there's, there are these building blocks. And then the other thing is, like for me at least, like I love the mythology of surfing. There's incredible, surfing has a rich history of mythology. You know, mm. like you look at Greg Knoll, right? Like this guy surfed the biggest wave ever and then walked away from surfing. You know, you have hero's journeys, you have cautionary tales, you have it's all, all these life Greek lessons. Stories yeah, it's very, yeah. It's, it's very, very much, you know, Joseph Campbell, power of mythology and like, uh, a very influential surfer magazine issue I once read. It was the, the title of the, the whole issue was Myth, Lies, and Rumors. And it mm. was like all these, you know, stories. Some were rumors and some were real. And, and it was like, oh my God, fascinating. But also there are these lessons. And like I find in surfing, we have these lessons we learn from the ocean. And you can apply them in your life. But the same is with the history and the mythology. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes surfing... That's, to me, what I get off on surfing, actually, is all the crazy fucking characters and interesting people that have littered the history of surfing. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, like I or think, how it can like ruin your life and yeah. like create <laughs> yes. weird relationships yes. and like totally spend all day on your phone and texting. Like that's a thing, and like it's not a healthy one, at least on the East Coast. But, but it's like you know, and also I think uh, what I would love to see from like you and and Dion and and all the surf schools is like encourage their their students to also subscribe to the Encyclopedia Surfing and support stuff like that and yeah. support. Uh, Shack, which is yep. a surf history, you know, museum, and that's like the Smithsonian of surfing, and there are all these things. And like uh, Chad Smith went off on it on the grit recently about how he wants like more history too. But it it's, I think it it adds value to it, and it makes them it a more complete surfer. Yeah, yeah, you know, because to me, like, I see really good surfers. But then you talk to them, they don't know anything about the history. And that, to me, they're not complete as a surfer then without 
without the knowledge base, like you're just doing acrobatics. Yeah, surfing I mean, is being a surfer is more than just the riding of the waves. It would be like a politician getting into politics and not knowing American history, or you know. Oh, it, it oh, like so like certain certain weird. people right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to take it there. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, like I, that was the first analogy I could think of. But it, it it is, and it's hard to it's hard to describe why, but it's just confusing. Like if you really love something so much, or or you're really so involved in it, why wouldn't you care to know what happened before, or where things came from, or the design, the yeah. evolution, the the characters, the stories. I mean, we're all storytellers. Absolutely. So you want to hear the stories of the old, the older guys and the girls? And totally. I, I'm fascinated by it, and I just kind of assume other people are too. But you're so right. Like they're not necessarily. And I and I really I was thinking about it just today. Like I want to include that into the curriculum, into the learning process. I think it, I think it would be a noble cause, and I, and it's like I don't know about you, but for me, it's a grommet. Like. I heard stories from older surfers. You know, they always told me uh, surfing this spot back in the '60s, yeah. or mm-hmm. this was this, oh, and yeah. the history and the legacy. You know, there's yeah. an oral history yeah. that was passed on from older surfers to younger surfers, and in the last 10 to 15 years, there's been such an influx of new surfers. The older surfers can't pass that on because it's just it's too overwhelming, too many people, and it's too difficult to do. And whereas where you got you guys in doing the surf school and coaching have that ability yeah, to right. keep to keep that tradition going. No, you're totally right, and I'm going to take that as like a new responsibility, you know, to 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 be a conduit to pass and, on. And that if you on. need help, <laughs> I have a I library of magazines that I can PDF for you and do articles Amazing. and like I'll, I'll be happy to put together Amazing. a curriculum. Amazing. I think I, you know I was kind of thinking it's overwhelming a little yeah. bit to think about. I was just thinking how. Um, where do you start? You know, who do you dive into? And one of the first people that came to mind for me was John Hannon. Oh, because I my act- grandfather, my, he's like a grandfather. Is to he? Me. Well, he's so I yeah. a guy got in touch with me that my mother knows really well. And he always admired just what I was doing. Cause I always just kind of rebelled against the trend of the way people, yeah. you know, you go to college, you get a job. I went to college and I started teaching surf lessons, you know, like, <laughs> so he always kind of, he was into it, you know, he dug it. Um, but anyway, he was a nephew of John Hannon. Oh, did, oh he was like, nice. he was like, Hey dude, you know, you should really, I, I've been listening to your podcast. You should talk to John Hannon. And I was like, I'd love to. Yeah. Well, what I didn't know about him and I never, you know, spoiler, I never got to talk to him actually, which sucked, but, um, he's still alive. Yeah, he is. But he's, he's, in, he's, 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 he's doing okay. I saw him two years ago in Beaver Creek and he is still like, even though he's not totally all there. It's still there. Well, it's amazing because yeah. he's pretty old. You know, he's in his 90s. 94, 93, 94. Yeah. But just getting back yeah. to him real quick, he was one of the original um, true educators of the sport right yeah. here on Long Island. And not only did he bring surfing to the East Coast, but he was a skier and an educator. Yeah. A, a school teacher. Exactly. And so he kind of blended those passions. And I felt when I learned all this, I was like, wow, I really have felt a connection to him. And... Um, and he, he, he took what he learned from skiing, the format, the methodology, the, mm-hmm. the way to learn, and, and brought that to surfing. And I was like, damn it, dude, that's what I want to do. I got to talk to this guy. And then, you know, things kind of, he, he, he wasn't able to get on the phone and have a long conversation yeah. with me. So I didn't, I didn't pursue it. But um, the long story short is just that he was trying to do what I want to do. So did yeah. he, because uh, I, I know him, I, I, know, I know the name, but I don't know him to the level you guys do. Did he create like a... A, um, a pretty organized pedagogy of, of 
because mm. skiing is like very much yeah. decades and centuries of right. here's different schools and how yeah. how to approach a turn. Is there the same he, thing that he was he was he was together? technically one of the first shapers in New York. Uh, he grew up like surfing kook boxes and stuff in Jones Beach. Fun fact: He was a kicker for Green Bay Packers too. Yeah, that makes sense. And and uh, but he had like one of the first surf schools at Gilgo Beach yeah. until you know there's controversy about you know with Charlie Bunger and him of mm. who who took it you know what happened there. But yeah, we we yeah. won't go there. That part of history, I yeah. Don't know. I know, I know, I know, I know from John. But like, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. But uh, but yeah, he was and he was a school teacher. He was an educator, and he used that knowledge and then like from ski teaching as well and he used all that uh, and and applied it to surf lessons which is what you're now essentially doing yeah that's what i want to do and and one thing that really just reinforced this every you know every year i get a couple things that really re reaffirm and reinforce this drive and this this direction and so this year the the major thing was i was in czech republic with my wife and uh, her sister nice. got us a cross-country skiing lesson. Oh, you know? so good. So, and I had done it twice, two, three times, yeah. you know? <laughs> Funny little side story. When we, when we get there, I know better from surfing. You don't <laughs> tell the instructor you, you've done it before. No. Like, oh, yeah, I've done this two <laughs> or three times before. Like, that means something. <laughs> yeah, you know? no. So I'm like, no, I've never done it before. And she's like, yeah, we've done it three times. And I'm like, shh, shut up. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> but anyway... He had this very specific way of teaching us, and yeah. we didn't even go out into the trails. Nice. We literally stayed in like a hundred yards in front of the ski lodge, mm-hmm. and we were, first we dropped the poles, and he had us going just working on our ski technique, back and forth, back and forth, up the hill, down the hill, up the hill, down the hill. Then, all right, now here's what you do with your skis. All right, we got to put them back down again because you're forgetting your your ski technique, you know. So put the poles back down. I might have missaid that, but um, you know, just over and over again. And I went home and I wrote this whole big thing about how it was just right. like how I want to teach surfing. Like you get to the beach and you see all the people surfing, going down the line, doing this beautiful stuff. And that's the image you have in your head of what surfing is. Just like when I got to the mountain, I looked at all these people disappearing into the forest. And I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to go disappear. But can you imagine if he let that yeah. happen? Oh, gosh. He would have been like wrangling us in. I'm going off to the side. Now my wife's over here going off to the side. He's trying to pull us back together. And that's mm-hmm. exactly how some surf lessons look. Yes. You know, they're grabbing people by the leash, by the rail, by the tail. Oh, God, here comes a set. You know, like, now what? You know, and it just gets messy real quick. And I just had such a major revelation. And I, I titled that article, um, I think it was something like, I took a cross-country skiing lesson. <laughs> Here's what I learned about teaching surfing. or That's something awesome. You know, right. And I'm going to publish it on the blog. I love that. Um, but it was just, it was so impactful to me. It was like, this is how we need to teach. You know, we need to start at the base and not let people think that you just go off onto the trail or go off down the line. It's not that easy. And it's a good thing it's not. You know, it makes it that much better and it makes it that much less crowded because it weeds out all the weak hearts. Exactly. And you got to build muscle repetition. Mm -hmm. You know, surfing is so much muscle memory. You know, when you become a good, a semi-decent surfer, like you don't think about it. Your body just goes right into that mode and it's all muscle memory. And a lot of adult learners, you know, will say like, how do you get so good? And you're like, well, I've been doing it since I was like 10, man. Like a million times I've done that. This is like my Tyler every time he's out in the water. How are you so good for being so big and fat, you know, more like, you know, but like first I'm so stoked. You brought up John, like he is like, 
he's very near and dear to my heart. I didn't know that. And I have a, I have a really interesting story actually I'll share. Um, his, uh, so what he, he used to work at my dad's surf shop at sundown and he was there working. And one day he was clearing out this back area. We had storage and he had all these boards stored there, all of his Hannon boards. And he started to talk to me about like how my father really helped him out when his son passed away from leukemia and really, really helped him. And he got very, it was a very emotional uh, moment. He started to cry and we hugged and, and he gave me this surfboard and gave me this nine, six Hannon purple fin that he made. And, uh, you know, and I've, I've kept it since. And I was probably about 15 at the time. And I've had that board since then. And then, uh, Many years later, uh, I was talking to his son, James, and his son, James, uh, maybe about 10 years ago, he was, he's been collecting his father's boards, trying to collect them all. Mm. And uh, so I was shipping a board back to him, and, and I was talking to him on the phone, and I said, you know, I have a board your dad gave me. He's like, oh, well, what is it? And I started to describe it, and he's like, holy shit, you have the grail. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, this is the last board my father ever handshaped, and you have that. And it's like, he's like, I'm really glad you have that. And I was like, wow. And I was just like, I mean, I'm getting chicken skin right now, even talking about it. And it's just like, fucking amazing. But John, so yeah, you, you, you brought it home for him. Are you? No, he gave that it. That was going to be my uh, question. I, I got it. No, I can't, no he, he said, I'm glad you have it. Oh, That's okay, yours. Okay. No, That's I, I have it hanging in my house. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's awesome. once in a while, I take it out. Talk about a piece of surf history. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, but that's the thing, right? Like how interesting is it to all of a sudden be talked we're now talking we started talking about surf history and how important it is and and how interesting it is and like how there's like all these really interesting stories and backstories and that's what can draw you into the culture make Mm. you appreciate the culture and then the culture doesn't get as diluted or Mm -hmm. watered down and people then can can then point out when surf companies are being fake and when they're being authentic Mm -hmm. and and to be able to see that you know, and that's that's really important to me, at least. I would say, and I want to continue this topic throughout other shows. Yeah. Um, culture. I would say there's a risk of culture getting commercialized, packaged, and abused. Yeah. But I would say that diluted, like culture is sort of always changing, and yeah. I think whether we like it or not surf culture now includes a lot of these things like totally instagram uh perfect shots wave storms and you know that stuff yeah 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 of course it does and i mean not to mention we we operate under capitalism yes and that's automatically going to taint any pure thing you know it's just it's unfortunate you know i i wanted to um to bring up a topic that i think loops into to, to both of this before um before the end of the show and I was listening to your episode on leashless riding. Yes. Oh, this and, is a good one. And I was like, I'm oh, so I wish I had my partner coach I know. out here with me. And it's <laughs> it's I think it's it's a phenomenon that on this show we have not covered enough. Yeah. And we are negligent for for that. And it's such I'm so glad you did. L- leashless? And, we we haven't talked enough about going leashless. That's what you're, 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 you're no, saying? No, well, that's, I'm just setting it up to We're say that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I but, feel like it's a trap. I know, right? Yeah. It's a trap. No, um, <laughs> I, 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 I rarely surf without a leash. 
But when I like when I have, it's usually because I've left it. And every time I, I wrap up a session, I'm like, why am I not doing this more? Because I'm definitely surfing more attentively. And I'm thinking about my exit a lot more than I am when mm-hmm. I'm wearing a leash. And I was in um, I was in Costa uh, a couple of weeks ago and a, a very big day, a very like heaving beach break closeout. And my board, the leash ripped off and I lost my board and there's a big set coming on. And I had a wash of fear that I usually don't have because I'm just sitting there floating away. And it was a good, it was like a healthy, it was okay, yeah. back Back to Wait, basics. Was that a fear of for your life or your new surfing? Well, no, both. <laughs> Very much both. This is a brand new board. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is sort of, this is the purest side of it. Tell me why we should surf without a leash or at least surf more without a leash, Chris. All right. Here we go. Um, leashes are false sense false sense of security yes and just like you explained in your story you know you, you kind of trusted your leash or i don't know the situation whatever happened your leash broke and now you don't have your leash and you got scared you know uh, and understandably so but you have to ask yourself the question now do i belong out there if my leash is the only thing exactly. keeping me like okay yes. in the lineup because if that's all it is that's a really thin piece of whatever that plastic, is plastic yeah keeping you alive or at least you know, comfortable with your, with your existence. So that's, that's the point right there. That's kind of how the whole discussion starts because, you know, there's people who would say, Oh, it's so irresponsible and this and that. And I do get that side of that, you know, the debate, but the thing is what people are doing with their leash is not very responsible either, you know, and they just bail, they're jumping off their boards. I mean, you even so see the pros do it and I get it. They're so aware. They know when they can bail their board and you know, it's not going to hit somebody. Of course, of course, but other people don't know that. You know, so it's just kind of okay. We kind of accept this whole jumping off your board at the end of your wave or a big wave's coming and you just ditch the thing, you know, and it's so many styles of ditching yes. the board and just trusting the leash. And I've seen leashes break and I've seen it happen many times, a lot more often than I've seen a leashless surfer lose their board, which they do. Of course they do. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just this false sense of security that I think is really bad for um, beginners to get used to and accustomed to and even experienced surfers and, yes. and I had it for a while too and it was my partner coach Ev dude this guy I when I met him I you might have listened to this episode oh yeah it was in the leashless episode yes I met this guy surfing we were surfing this all-time session it was Hurricane Bertha I could give you every single detail of course I won't but the spot everything it was bombing and him and I were the only ones who were really on it you know yeah. we were just every time I was paddling back out he was on a bomb dropping in racing down the line it was amazing it was such a special day so finally we got on a, a rhythm where we got to cross paths and I was like dude like who are you what's going on <laughs> are you not feeling this and of course he was too and we were both just freaking out together and then of course I realized not only is he surfing a hand-shaped board he didn't have a leash on yeah. and I was like oh my god look at this guy next level I was like this is insane and he didn't lose his board you know, and he was kicking out and doing it. And from then on, he always encouraged me. And of course, now I almost never surf with a leash um, unless it's super crowded yeah. or I just want to be like adventurous and try some new maneuvers that I know I may fall. Um, but he's the one that really spurred that in my head. Like, you shouldn't need your leash, man. Yeah. You know, like why you don't yeah. need your leash if you're kicking out and you're you're calculating your sections. You know, you're not just going up and hitting the lip any old way but you're looking at it closely and you know you're gonna land your maneuver. And if not, you're gonna grab onto your board and roll with it. 
Um, but yeah, that's one thing. And I, I actually encourage beginners to do it too. Not obviously brand new beginners, but in the right setting, yes. there is a place where you can surf without a leash and practice. And man, it really will surprise you how it changes yeah. your mentality in the lineup and the waves you choose mm -hmm. and the takeoffs and the setups and who's around you when you're taking off. If somebody's around it makes you, you more aware, it just makes you more aware. It brings you really close to your equipment and, and what you're doing in the water. And then when you get past that point of having to be super aware, it just mm -hmm. becomes habit now, you know, that you're just that aware. Then you really discover a new part of surfing, a new level. That's just amazing. It's incredible. And not to mention not standing on your leash or, you know, getting, yeah, getting in, in your toes. tied up. <laughs> it's, you know, it, the leash is, you know, so about 10, 15 years ago, um, a surfer had drowned surfing in New Jersey and he, his leash broke and he drowned and his wife tried to sue the leash company, you know, saying, I remember this. Yeah, saying that, oh, well, the leash broke and so he drowned. And they're like, well, the leash is not a safety device. It's right. only for recovering your board so you don't have to swim after it. Mm -hmm. And after that, I remember now seeing on all leashes and saying, this is not a safety device. <laughs> right. But it, it just illustrates people's mentality towards it. They think leash, the leash is a safety device, mm -hmm. and, it's, and it's not. And it should never be looked at that way. It's a hazard most of the it, time. It's very Mostly well for me. It, yeah. it very well can be. Tightening up. It's, yeah. You know, but then the other side is like, you know, um, part of Martin Potter's training regimen uh, for 1989 world title was, you know, Derek Hine had him riding single fins and riding leashless so that he would pull off his maneuvers because you don't want to fall. So you really are focused mm -hmm. and you see it like Shane Beshin used to do it. And a lot of pros do, uh, do still actually in contests still ride without oh, leashes. Really? Yeah. Oh, I even see now still I see some that. guys do that too still. So it, it, it is, it makes you, makes you focus. It makes you concentrate more. Yeah. Maybe you're not going to go for that air on this land section, but you'll just bash it really hard instead. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I surf, I don't surf all the time without a leash because Rockaway is, it can be really kind of hectic at times. Mm. And, you know, I, I tend to surf actually in the surf school area of the coop camouflage, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, but a lot of the times I do without a leash and I find that I hardly ever have to swim and it also makes you in better shape. Yeah. And then the other argument is the lineup would be less crowded because <laughs> you have people swimming in after yeah. they're bored. So other people would be get a chance of the wave. So it's crazy how you, you switch over. Like when, when I'm the times that I'm not using a lease, it's, you're just like, I'm feeling my, like I'm feeling the board more. I'm looking at the wave closer. I'm thinking ahead. It's just, it, there's just a, a cognitive switch once sure. you've cut that, yeah. cut that cord. even your wave selection changes yeah. yeah you know even the way you set up a wave and 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 your you know your 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 just your decision making is like uh, it's just a little more conservative you know and that's not a bad thing yeah. especially given how many new surfers we have coming yes. out into the lineups we need more conservative people because there's people out there who are a little too brave exactly you know exactly. and thinking that the leash is going to stop you and i don't know if you caught it in that episode but don't forget when you have a nine foot board and a nine foot leash, that's, that's an 18 that's foot tiller radius. Yes. That's, 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 pretty that's big. a clearing space right there. <laughs> that's huge. So that's why I, like when I see people going for waves or doing these kind of dangerous things, I'm like, I have a big space between yeah. me and them. Cause I know that it's not just where they stop, you know, it's where the board and the leash end, and that's, that's a good ways away. 
So I'm uh, going to wrap it up in a second, sure. but I have a question here. Uh, through your podcast, The Kook Cast, what surprising things have you learned about surfers in their kook moments? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I, one, one thing I've learned, less about the kook moments, because I think yeah. I fully understood that stuff, you know? And yeah. I, I, I started it because I recognized that we all are just still kooking it. You yeah. Know? I'm trying not to. But what I found really fascinating is the fears people have. Yeah, you know the the things that people are afraid of, and I I almost I was reluctant at first when I was writing my questions down, like just the kind of fallbacks I wanted to have in case mm -hmm. there was like awkward silence. I was like, oh, well, you know, what's your biggest fear? And I almost crossed it out, like that's so corny, big waves, sharks, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. But it really it wasn't. It actually was really amazing to hear like some people afraid to get too old to surf. Yeah. Or um, shoot, I'm, I'm not even I can't think of a few off the top of my head, but there was a couple that I was like, wow. That's so amazing. That's a, that's a really legitimate, like a human fear. That was like, it really opened people up. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you really got to see inside of the, you know, the heart and head of, of people when they express their fears, especially when it wasn't the obvious ones you'd expect, you know. Um, yeah, I guess it's more so mm -hmm. that, you know, the fears of people in surfing and, and less the kookiness. What's your biggest fear in surfing then? Ah. Oh, Tables are turned. Yeah, look Whoa. At that. Whoa. Um, I, probably the more regular stuff. <laughs> uh, sharks, big, big waves, waves, big reefs. waves. I'm actually not afraid of sharks. You know, sharks. Yeah. I think I'm pretty. I feel pretty comfortable with with sharks in the water. Yeah. You know, I've been around sharks. I've seen sharks. Yeah. They're pretty. You know, and I do believe in like we call it what you want, karma or the golden rule or whatever. I do believe in there's that's there's truth to that. Yeah. And and I think that I'm in pretty good standing with whatever you want to call it, you know, or I try to be. <laughs> so sharks no, but big waves for sure. Yeah. Like big waves, you know, and it's it's not like a, an amount of feet. It's an amount of water. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, <clears throat> I'll never forget this one session I had with a bunch of the boys in Mexico and uh, and the boat broke down on the way to this spot and it was like I think it was like 8 foot at 20 seconds. Mm. Oh and yeah. That is an amazing amount of water in a wave, you know, and yeah. people think, oh, eight feet, but they no. don't realize the dimensions they, they of the swell. They forget is... the, the intervals, you right, know? Right, mm -hmm. And so we would go up the swell, up the swell for like seconds, <laughs> hit the top, you know, and we we're all working on the boat. But when the set came, everyone would be like, whoa, stop, look. And we'd all just stop and watch, you That's know, awesome. and just float up to the top. Yeah, and Feel then it in down that the stomach. back of the wave, down, 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 <laughs> and it that really hit home. I was like, "Wow, it's not about just the feet." I mean, I knew this, yeah, but that really exemplified it. And I was like, "Wow, there is so much water!" And imagine all that water hitting the reef, consolidating and getting compacted, and then pitching over. I was like, "Wow!" I was scared to go out in our session before we even got there. Not you know? bad. And um, but yeah, I mean, that's that. I'm just afraid to drown in a big wave, you know. And that's why I, I swim. I, I do all this kind of training mm. to to give myself the confidence to, or a little more confidence to be able to charge. To to quote Buzzy Trent, big waves are not measured in feet, but in increments of fear. Of fear, yep. Mm -hmm. I know that one. Is that? I think that might be in the Big Jaws coffee yeah, table book. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's such a good. It is such a good quote. That's one that stuck with me. I could I could have said it right there with you. Um, I remember <laughs> reading that and being like, "That's so true." So like I wrote in here, I'm like in the intro, I was like, 
I feel like we have a lot of parallels, you and I. Yeah, <laughs> like we like grew it. up in a similar. Like you're in Amityville. I grew up in Melville, Farmingdale area, oh, which sure. is really close. Like right, yeah, yeah, five, ten minutes. North. You know, you probably spent a lot of your childhood at Adventureland, like I did, <laughs> and like shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, and it was like pretty funny. And so to have you on, I'm like, oh, yeah. And then the quotes, and like you mentioned John Hannon, I'm like, oh yeah. There's like parallels here i've met my soul my surfing soul mate there. <laughs> there we go oh, i'm honored i do i do <laughs> <laughs> well um chris really stoked to have you on oh, thanks, uh, thanks for coming thank you so much uh i would love to do this again yeah. i think it'd be great absolutely oh yeah and, we should um, check in again absolutely and uh so where can our listeners find you where can people find you uh, where can they take lessons? All of that. Yeah, so all of it. All it's all info. through my website, uh, thesurfcontinuum.com. That's mm-hmm. two U's and continuum. Um, and that just, the whole idea of the continuum is just this concept of just doing your fundamentals over and over again. If you can do all the fundamentals in a, in a time, in a, a, that cyclical sequence on demand as the ocean calls for it, you'll get surfing. And so you do all levels too? Yeah, also. all levels. And I wanted to say too, like yeah. it's not just adults. I'm actually stoked. I just signed on um, a little Grom. Nice. And his dad's looking for him to just, basically these things we were talking about. He can surf, he does just fine, but he needs a little bit more discipline in, in the smaller aspects to, to lift his surfing up from the bottom up. You That's know, awesome. Rather than like, oh, here's how you do it. I don't do that stuff. I don't, how do you do an air? How do you, whatever. Yeah. You'll figure that out or, or I'll send him to a guy that knows how to teach that, but I'm going to work on you know, his fundamentals and help him get stronger foundations. So That's really awesome. Moving around the lineup proper. So for all our listeners, if you're looking to improve your surfing and you go out to Montauk, uh, please look up Chris and the Surf Continuum and uh, listen to his podcast, The Coop Cast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes and Spotify everything. and Stitcher all, and everything. You know, and support another local New York show because it's good. You know, it's fucking awesome and psyched to have have you on. And thanks, Chris. Uh, thank you guys right so on. much.